And we are live for another week's edition of the Tea and Grumpets podcast. And this time we're going to be joining a cult because Mike has finished Far Cry 5. I am Glenn. And I am Mike. And this week we are going to Montana. Uh, so Mike, Far Cry 5, one of the very few games I know you've finished since I first met you. Um, so what have you got for us? So Far Cry 5 uh, has consumed my life the past week. It's been a ton of fun. And I finished it this morning. And then uh, it's one of the first games i finished in a long time. And then I went back and continued playing. So let's just talk about, A, how the heck it held my attention for a week. <laughs> so um, the story. Number one is the story. The story is beautiful, disgusting, disturbing, ugly, and really makes you look at humanity in a different way. Um it's all about a cult that takes over Montana, and it is the map is isolated into three different areas with three different cult leaders. Each of those areas is really, really distinct in their feel of the game, in how people react, in what's going on in that region. Like one uh, region, someone is creating drugs off of flowers so that people can be uh, hypnotized into believing that the cult is doing good. So, uh, it, the, for sure, the story's number one. Every time there was a cutscene, I, I just stood an inch away from my uh, monitor and stared and listened. The voice acting is absolutely top notch. I love the villains. I it was it made you feel like you were in uh, Montana where, where there was a cult. They did a great job of immersing you into this world. Um, the world was diverse. Uh, the people not so much. The NPCs I kept seeing a lot of the same ones, but the world was absolutely beautiful. Uh, there was always something to do. Um, the gameplay. Gameplay is just like every other open world, okay? Uh, there was nothing new here. There was nothing uh, groundbreaking. You could fly. You could swim. You could have a boat. You could have a car. You could do all the things you could want to do back in Red Dead, okay? Uh, nothing new there on terms of that. But uh, the gunplay, oh my goodness, is so satisfying. There's a sniper rifle gun. Um, when you take it out, it's almost compacted, and then the nozzle, like, inches forward about a foot and sets. That is the most the greatest feeling in that game and once you shoot someone with that it is so satisfying you see them cringe you see them crumple into a ball of paper and just crash and it feels like you're actually there doing that um there are a wide variety of different types of guns and uh, knives and shovels lots of shovels and bats so <laughs> it's just um you know there are so many different varieties of things um so the gameplay was really, really, really good. Um, the next thing I'd like to talk about, I played a lot with my friends, um, is the arcade. The arcade is the online aspect of this game, and um, it was... Uh, what a trip. So essentially, there's two uh, modes of our arcade. You can play co-op. You can play the whole game on co-op, which we did, and we had a blast. Um, there's a co-op, and then there's like competitive. So essentially everything is user created so all of the maps are made by uh, people playing the game and they've already come up with um every iconic video game you can think of there's call of duty uh nuketown there's uh they've done mario they've done sonic they've done literally everything you can think of and it's creative and beautiful we spent a good eight hours playing through the arcade mode um playing terrorist hunt like a nod to rainbow six uh you could just go down and hunt people it, we had a map where it was only bears, and they gave us uh, no weapons, so we had to fight bears. And then th there was a map of only snakes, and a map of just cougars and bears, and you had, like, an ice pick. Like, uh, th there were just... 
thousands upon th thousands of variations of things to do in that arcade mode. If they would have sold that by itself, I would have bought the game right then and there because it's so much fun. But uh, the story is the main attraction here. It kept pulling me in. Every time I was done playing after like a six-hour session, I would just think about it and go, no, I'm just going to keep keep on going. Um, today was really the day I wanted to finish it, and thankfully I did. I was like at the point of saying, okay, I I'm 55 hours in. I got to put it... it this to rest at least mentally and uh mm -hmm. it was very satisfying it was really satisfying the one gripe i have is the soundtrack um here's the deal in the game the soundtrack is really really good okay superb mm -hmm. i went on spotify and listened to it now this gentleman um i'll look up the name in a minute um he did something very strange when he put it out um he uh, did one song like really heavy, one song really soft. It's it's almost like a joke. It's one's really great, one's really soft. One's really loud, one's really soft. And it's it's almost laughable. Meanwhile, in the game, like I know that they're not going to produce um, the actual songs, which I, I it has my favorite song ever, ever created. A Verilin, um it's the end credits, and uh, it, they didn't include that on the soundtrack. The, the soundtrack isn't that great. It feels well, good while you're shooting that. people, but. Um, it's just, I didn't want to listen to it. I, I got done with the game. I listened through it once, and I said, you know what? It's better left in the game. This is not something you want to get a vinyl copy of and, and turn on during uh, uh, tea, and tea time, okay? It's, it's just, no. So uh, that's my one gripe with it. So I've talked enough about it, but uh, any questions, anything you're dying to know about Far Cry? Okay. Yeah, uh, okay, so give us a, without any spoilers, give us the first act of the game. Well, that's a very interesting question. Um, first off, the guy's name is Dan Romer, okay, and he mm -hmm. did a pretty good job. But next, uh, that's up to you. Basically, you wake, uh, you are sent in to destroy this, or investigate this cult. And are you books, like FBI, CIA? Yes, you are a rookie. You are Rook right, the Rookie. Okay. And um, you go in and you are nothing. They treat you like garbage. And you walk into their church while they open you with uh, open arms. I, I don't feel like this is spoiling it because it's within the first five yeah, minutes yeah. of the game. Yeah, first and act. Never, never spoilers in first act. No. And you take the main protagonist in cuffs. You get on the plane and there's a riot that breaks out, and within five seconds of that riot, sure enough, your plane crashes, and you are on the ground, and Cult Man is right above you going, yeah, you're not going to leave for a long time. And right then and there, you're going, oh man, this is about to get ugly, and from there, Glenn, it does not release the grip around your neck for the next 55 hours. Um, it is Was just... it a uh, Conor McGregor-style riot? Yes, Exactly. It's a Conor McGregor-style riot where there's trash being thrown <laughs> besides Conor McGregor and uh, people rioting and ladies screaming. Yeah, it is just viscerally fun. That's the biggest takeaway that I got out of 55 hours of this game is this is a fun game. You can do silly, stupid things that you can never do in any other game. Um, and it lets you and it uh, provokes you to do that. So... Uh, I can't stress enough how much I've had fun with this silly game and props to Ubisoft because it, it, they've done something that no one else has. They created a good cult game, a good game that revolves around this cult and making you feel that you need to stop it 
after I killed all of the main guys, I was like cheering. I'm like, that's right. I'm taking down your cult. There's nothing you could have done to stop this. And even after the game, I'm like, I'm yes. Yeah, I, I was cheering. I, I had so many good emotions. It makes you feel good. Because mm. inadvertently, you're the good guy. Like, you're Rook. And you're just some no-name guy. I mean, that's the other gripe I had. The whole game, you're this rookie. Really, I'm a rookie after 55 hours of flying helicopters and shooting bears and fighting snakes? I'm still the rookie? I don't think so, buddy. So that's a, a little gripe. But... This was an astounding feat of fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, so let's go. Uh, one of the areas, yeah, it doesn't really matter to me, but let's go graphics. What immersion graphics? How how real were they? It was fine. It was no better than uh, I can't really think of any. It's 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 normal. Even on running it on ultra, it was fine. Uh, the fire is gorgeous um the overall like there's no sunset in like sea of thieves that you're like ooh ah this is just your typical i'd say it's slightly better than red dead to be honest it's not that much better it's just a big open world it looks pretty it's but it's not you're not going to sit there and watch the sunset over a bridge okay it's it's fine graphics were okay um the detail that they use like when you shoot someone you know exactly where you hit them and it's very detailed in that sense. The cinematics look like real life, okay, uh, which they have for a long time. But this one was really good. And it, uh, I'd say the lighting in the game was actually superb in terms of cutscenes and in terms of the boss battles. It really drew you in. And uh, I, I have triple monitors, not to brag, haha. But, like, I have it always playing on the middle one, and I didn't notice the other two at all. I was so, like... It sucks you in. It just sucks you in, and it doesn't let go. It is just it, really. I haven't seen the light of day in a week. <laughs> <laughs> so graphics were good. What else do you want to know? Okay, so yeah, it's graphics. Um, what's the pacing like? Is there any areas that really drag, or did you find it was flowed very well? Um, you know, it is what you make of it, and that's a good question. Um, there's the same type of missions available at all times side missions but i never felt it being repetitive besides the strongholds where you go um and i look forward to those so there was more than enough to always do there was always uh i think there were the right amount of missions here's how it works there is a progress bar essentially okay. per every boss and it has three main uh you know subplots to fill up and every time you hit one of those uh i don't think it's a spoiler something happens and you need to uh deal with that and that happens three times and then you finally uh fight the b big boss man and you had to do that three times for three different regions but in order to accumulate up to that moment you need to do side missions you need to destroy towers you need to do this and that so there's always something to do um in the beginning of the game i would say it's uh, in your best interest interest to unlock as much of the map as possible um uh, because by the end of it, I was fast traveling everywhere. I didn't want to see a thing. I just said, okay, drop in here, do this. Um, mm. But at the beginning, you were doing a lot of walking. Like, even after being the game, like, there's still missions and stuff. I'm still doing a lot of walking. There are places you just can't fast travel to. So you are driving, and it takes a while. But the cool thing they've done mechanically is you can just hit mutton, and it'll take you there. You don't have to do anything. You can go wash the dishes and come back. I mean, granted... 
you are missing out a lot of things. It's like Red Dead, Glenn. Do you remember in Red Dead that there were so many random events, like just crazy stuff happening on the side of the road? Yeah, I remember people would like come up and attack you or come up screaming for help and you get jumped and things yes. like that. That is every five feet in this game. Literally every five feet there's something going on that you're just like, oh, got to stop the car. Um, I had it in my mind, like I'm so ADHD that it's just like, okay, I need to get to the end of this mission. I cannot stop the car again. And um, there's so many reasons to. There's a plane attacking you. There's a woman asking for help. Uh, there's a badger attacking someone, someone's child. Like, there's always something happening on the screen. Um, it, it is one of the most densely populated open world games I've ever seen. That you could walk through a forest and you will come across a man's tent. Inside that tent is ammunition and it tells a story and there's bones on the side. So it's just really, really well done. Um, I'm going to need to let it sit for a while um, just to see why it pulled on so many strings and why I felt it was so good. But I, I'm telling you, you get in, you get out of it what you put into it. I wanted to believe in this that this was going to be a good cult game and it was. So much so, I watched an entire... Netflix cult documentary called Wild Wild West, which this was supposedly based on. Phenomenal. Check it out. And now I'm reading a book based on one of the people that was in that cult. So it's just like this game really opened up a rabbit hole. And I fell down it real hard this week. So um, this it, everything was great, minus the soundtrack, in my opinion. Uh, pick it up on sale. Glenn, I think you would like it. I do. I, I know it's not your cup of tea. Ha ha. But I do think that if you played it with someone and just had f fun and didn't really go so in-depth with the story and everything, like, I think you'd enjoy it. it it's like, it's a better Never. version of Zelda, Glenn. Never. <laughs> it's way better. It's, it's never going to happen. Okay. <laughs> I thought I'd so, uh, get you no, awake with that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's never going to happen. You, you never get a better version of Zelda. Well, I found it. I've, yeah. To me, but then saying that, two two very different games. Oh, you know, it's not so it's not so much. I don't know, man. This did what Zelda could. You know, I put sixty hours in in five days, as opposed to Zelda, which I yeah. had sixty hours over the course of a year. So, but that's me. That's me, and I don't want to belittle your beloved franchise. So, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of beloved franchises, I know you've been playing something really, really uh, old, just yes. like you. What is it? <laughs> I have, this is spurred on by my uh, visit to watch the Tomb Raider film, which I will talk about soon, but I've been replaying the original Tomb Raider using uh, DOSBox, and I've got to say, um, it really stands the test of time. I mean, the graphics, yeah, you know, they don't stand up to today's standards, but they did remake it as Tomb Raider Anniversary, but I chose to play the original, um, and it's still as good as when I first played it 22 years ago, which uh, shows my age a bit. Um, yeah, I found myself drawn completely back into it. And, you know, uh, I was in the deepest, darkest depths of these tombs. And my brain just went, yeah, you're there, you're there. Uh, you know, there's, there's not much dialogue in it, but it does stand up very, very, very well. And my full plan is to actually play through the entire lot now. Wow. I'm going to replay all of them. So I think I dropped off after Tomb Raider Chronicles. I think that's where I dropped off. And then I came back in on the new one. Um, but yeah, I, I was having flashbacks. Because I played this originally on the Sega Saturn. 
yeah, believe it or I'm not. I was one of the idiots that bought a Saturn. Yeah, I didn't um, have that. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, my friend bought it on his PlayStation, and this, we have discussed this before. I was like, Sony got no business making consoles. That thing's going to fail. And I had a PlayStation, obviously, within a couple of months. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just as good. Um, and I've got to sing the praises of um, Steam, and their controller software is amazing. Just The fact they now let you map Xbox controllers and PS4 controllers using the Steam setup where you can just define it, it makes it so friendly. These games that weren't meant to be played on controller, you now can. Yeah. Uh, because this is the days when... You know, you didn't have controllers. And if you did for the PC, you needed a huge number of drivers and it would work with like one game, two games. Uh, no, Steam have, Steam have taken that away. And I don't think we ever seen Steam's praises enough. People take Steam for granted so much um, because you don't get Microsoft helping you like this. You don't get any other, you don't get GOG helping you like this. You don't get Uplay, you don't get Origin that make it easier to play these games. Um, you know, I do have some criticism to Steam sometimes, but uh, for being able to play old games, they make it so easy. They did the same with Hitman. If you ever want to replay Hitman, uh, they make that easy. That's a point-and-click, not point-and-click, that's a mouse and keyboard game yeah. that's adapted very well to a controller. Um, so, yeah, I'm working through my old library at the moment, replaying some classics. Nice. Now, I have two questions for you. Number one, what the heck is Dustbox? Uh, DOSBox, it's uh, for games that were built for MS-DOS before everything ran on the um, Windows architecture. I learned. Uh, so right. it's like it's like an it's basically an emulator, but it's an official emulator that Steam use. Oh, cool! I gotta check it out. The second one is, did the hampering of well, you can't say hampering because back in the day those graphics were awesome, right. but d did those graphics hold back your enjoyment of the playthrough? Absolutely not. I, what, not, I, I mean, I was aware there, there are better graphics out there, but um, after about five minutes, you adjust, and if it's a good game, it shines through. It 110% shines through uh, its mechanics and its visuals, uh, and the game just takes over. Now, I'm having this internal conversation um, about what makes a good game, and there seems to be like two or three things. Like First, you have story. okay? Mm -hmm. Then you have mechanics mm -hmm. and then you have graphics um yeah. is it possible to have a good game if you only have one out of the three Absolutely. or two out of the three like what uh, is the criteria how many do you need um and can the others fail like can you have well anyway i'm gonna shut up what's your opinion i'm dying tonight uh okay out of those three i would put uh story mechanics above graphics every day See, I, I don't know. I don't want to look at a piece of garbage. <laughs> when I play a game in 2018, I don't want to look at 8-bit stuff. I know there are people out there that play this stuff, and I know it's a genre. I hate it. I want to look at something visually appealing. That's why you play video games, to be immersed. Um, yeah, I agree with you on the 8-bit thing. Uh, I, I, we've discussed this before. I don't, yeah. I don't like people who do 8-bit just for the hell of doing it. It's like, oh, come on, you don't need to be doing that. But, you know, if someone... If someone's actually made a 2D platformer, uh, why not make it look like a cartoon or something? You've got you you can do that these days. Well, look um, at uh, what's it, Cuphead? Yeah, Cuphead, exactly. It's a game like that, you can produce one of those as an indie. Um, yeah. I think if you're producing 8-bit games, you're limiting yourself. You really are limiting yourself and your output because you are instantly niche. Instantly. But could it be a great game? Is what I'm yes. saying. Uh, yes, you got Braid. Braid's a fantastic game. Yes, That's it 8 -bit. is. It was um, yeah, so, but again, 
it becomes a sleeper hit because you need people to tell you it's a great game because most people look at that and go, nope. I'm well, that's what that. I did, and I eventually bought it like two years after it came out, and I said, "Oh, this is great! What a shame!" You know, like so. You feel that that they're limiting themselves with this. Do you think I, that they are limiting themselves to the point of, "Hey, you could have been a triple A game, but you're just doing this for the sake of it"? Yeah, I think so. There's no, there's no need to be doing eight bit games in this day and age unless you're making it for an eight bit system. I mean, good if you wanna. If you want to do, like, I don't know, a retro Mario game, like if you want to do Super Mario 4 and you did it 16-bit, you know, a true successor, that's fine. You're continuing on that that era of games. But with what you can do now with software, what you can do now with art packages, there is is no need for that. Um, Because it's going to take you just as long to knock up 8-bit graphics as it is to sit and draw each frame. It's just, it's so interesting. I I don't think I'll ever get a answers like what constitutes a, a great game you know what... like okay um we're going mechanic right, the king of mechanic right one game that shines above all others okay. and the story mode is non-existent the graphics are awful but the mechanics are great is minecraft uh you cannot yeah. dispute minecraft is not a good game it's fun i mean i've only recently started playing it with my eight-year-old yeah. and um you know this goes from me just like, you know, yeah, I'll play with you for a bit. And I'm like, yeah, I'll give him half an hour and then slip away. Nope, five hours later, I'm still sitting there playing with him. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I can see, you know, I, I can see why. It's like playing Lego together. Yeah. Uh, and it is down to the mechanics. And I think that's what uh, Notch got so right. And his team, of course, not just him. Uh, is he just made a mechanical sandpit that everyone could enjoy. Yeah, and I guess that's just the difference between a good and a great game in my mind. It's a great game will have all three of those. For me, I want great graphics, something visually looking. I want the mechanics to be pretty damn good, and the story needs to be top notch. And for me, there's only a few games that do that that I consider for myself personally great, great games. And those games that I think are great, a lot of people don't think are that great. But to me, they just pulled that notch. So um, it's I feel you can get a good game, a very good game, like Minecraft, which is very good. Um, is it great? Not to me. Um, it is it is what it is, but it's good with one mechanic or, or one part of those mm-hmm. three. You know, um, once you start getting two out of the three, maybe... Yeah, you know, but I don't know. That's just me. I'm weird. Like, I, I try and dig deep and, and figure out why do I like this so much. Just like Far Cry, I'm sitting here, and it's going to take me a couple days just to say, I I know it's a n- generic open world game. I realize that. I understand. But why was I so drawn into this? Was it the story? Was it the the graphics mixed with that? The mechanics weren't anything incredible. It's just something about it got I, me. So I think uh, I think you know the three. It, I don't like to use this as an analogy, but it's quite accurate. I think it's like the, um, you know, the Holy Trinity. You're never going to see all three in the same place at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, some, ga- some, some games, uh, some, some games do come down close, like Red Dead. I know we keep going on about that. Excellent story, excellent mechanics, excellent graphics. Yeah. Um, but if you took away one of those factors, would it be as good? Like if we were to say the graphics became Tomb Raider quality, original Tomb Raider quality, but everything else remained, 
If it released it be... at the time it released, I don't think it would it would have been a success. No, no, so definitely not. It's it's just the right place, right time, um, and it, I don't. It just has to speak to you like this. People are saying Far Cry Five oh, has an agenda. They're trying to push this agenda on people. I'm like, y- you know what? You can be subjective and play this game. Like, uh, I don't want to bring in politics, but like, I have a lot of friends that are are very polar opposite to my views in politics. And guess mm-hmm. what? I'm still great friends with them. You know, we can still debate and talk about this. I don't have to just shun them. Like, uh, oh well, I don't agree with you. So it's, um. It's just interesting that people are getting triggered by this game where it's, it's at least for me, it's obvious, and you look at it and go, it's a game. Okay, they're bringing in religion. All right, I get that. And they're, they're pulling on uh, that string and trying to make a point. Um, did it bother me? No. That's what actually pulled me in. More games should do that. More games should be a little questionable with what they're doing and try and actually um, make a point and... Uh, I don't know what the heck the point was, but I do know that um, it was intriguing and that it got me thinking and that I fell down a rabbit hole for a week. <laughs> so, um, yeah. um, it's, it's interesting. I think any any narrative medium where you're telling a story, I think you have to have an argument. I think you have to be, it's like you're writing an essay, this is why I think this. And how, you know, all storytelling is basically an argument that's it you're t- you're saying this is my point of view on something and this is my resolution and if you get a reaction good or bad then you've done your job um you know if someone from if someone from a cult played far cry 5 they could go well i don't agree with any of this it's not like this in my my um group which they probably wouldn't call a cult um no it's a commune yeah. i've learned <laughs> that it's a it's our yeah. commune <laughs> yeah okay um, cult crazy cult person <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think when you're when you're trying to please everyone and you're a fence sitter and you're putting out something in the middle of the road, it becomes mundane and yeah, and it becomes one of those things where oh, I don't want to offend anyone. You know, it becomes a Marvel film. Um, I, <laughs> I keep attacking the Marvel films, but they are so vanilla. You know, what what have we learned from Marvel films? Um, well, they just did what Call of Duty does and run it to the big screen. Exactly. Okay, let's let's pick a Marvel film, right? Uh, just for narrative purposes. Um, let's go Captain America. Have you seen Captain America? Uh, I saw one of them. I don't remember okay. which one because they're all the okay. same. Skinny little guy who can't achieve anything until he takes drugs. Wow. Wow. That's your what message are we film. sending the children? <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't be anything unless you take steroids. And, uh, <laughs> it's, you know... And, you know, where, where's the bit at the end where, you know, his superpowers fail him and he has to get by on Moxie alone? It's not in there. It's just, yeah, this guy's now pumped up to the, yeah, to the where's eyeballs. The, where's the Captain America rehab movie where the guy's yeah. trying to get his life back together after being on drugs? Like, come on. You know, people, <laughs> cri- people criticize the 80s, but take a film like Teen Wolf, right? Teen Wolf, yeah? Yeah. Uh, that tells an excellent story. Basically, he uses his wolf powers to gain popularity, get on the basketball team. But at the end, he turns up as Michael J. Fox to play the game uh, because, you know, that's teaching a moral lesson. Uh, today, <laughs> you, don't, you don't get stuff that has this anymore. It's just no. like, you know, do you remember the whole days of winners don't do drugs and things yeah, like that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, now it's just winners do do drugs. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I remember... <laughs> getting sidetracked but i don't know if it was big by you but we had uh 
people setting records. I forget the guy's name. He's obsolete. And then they found out he did all these drugs, and oh, well, he's not a hero anymore. And he's like, no, I'm still kind of a hero. I did drugs, and I did better than everyone. So it, it's... I don't know what what are we teaching kids? You know what are we teaching? What is the uh, the moral of the story? There's no more morals of the story. You know there isn't. There is. There's, there's no fables to it. Uh, you yeah. know all the Marvel films teach you is um, if you're rich you can save the world. If you piss around with drugs you can save the world. Uh, if you're a god you can save the world. But anyone else you're just going to be cannon fodder. But you know what I think? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Everything you said is right. I think you know being older now and looking at it with those eyes if i was a kid and i went to go see those marvel movies i would think they're pretty awesome yeah if it's all about the lens you look through and right now i'm jaded like there's too many marvel films there's too many of this there's too many of that i'm over it but as a kid i think what a great time it must be to be a kid right now you you have all these new beautiful superhero movies that you like there's no more comics though kids aren't growing up on comics they're growing up on this stuff Um, yeah they they are yeah um i I mean the only real decent comic character who actually does kind of inspire you is kind of Batman, because that's a guy who's basically gone, I want to clean my city up. There's nothing special about me. I'm just going to work really hard to be able to do this. Well, that's um, what you could say about a custodian. I, 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 it's every man, you know, it, it, it's the every man syndrome. Like, I, I can believe that. I could believe that. Dressing up as a bat, not so much, but I'm not here to debate the logistics of <laughs> being a superhero and your preferences of animal dressing up, but... <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just this, this, narr- this obsession with narrative where you have to be special or a chosen one. You can't just be one of the crowd. Um, and we have gone completely veered right off it. No, but... we're going to steer it back. We're, I got you. Yeah, but it, it is just like, oh, you're the, you're the chosen one. Only you can do this. And yeah, that's great. But what is it teaching you in life that you're not going to achieve anything unless you're special? No one's special. And that's kind of what I like Far Cry did. You were a rookie from the beginning till the end. You mm. were a, a nobody. And you managed to do all these things, even though no one acknowledged it. You know, there was one guy in there, he's like, good good going, Rook. You're, you're on a good path there, Sonny. And it's like, all right, thanks for believing me. Everyone else is like, hey, you idiot, go go clean my porch. So it, it that was kind of a breath of fresh air, even though, like, you'd like to see some progression of the character. It's another video game where there's no talking protagonist, and by the end of it, it's just like, good job, Rook. You're still a rookie, though. No promotion for you after you saved an entire state from a cult <laughs> invasion. So, but... <laughs> what are you yeah, but that—that's—that's that's the great thing, though. Is uh, you know, let's take a proper FBI agent. They could do the biggest bust of their career, but they don't get to ride off into the sunset. To them, it's just another day at the office. They've done it, uh, and move on. Yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> It's just, it's polarizing. That's what it is. You know, you see the Marvel films, it's like, oh, do this and that. And then you play a game like Far Cry, and it's like, yeah, it's crazy, but it's, they got something right in there. They did something really right. So, anyway, let's talk more about uh, our favorite game, the game that has more content than Far Cry 3 will ever have, um, Sea of Thieves. <laughs> yeah, Sea of Thieves. So, you've been having fun with it, huh, Glenn? How's your, uh, how's your um... week been with Sea of Thieves? I've tried playing it solo, and it's the most monotonous, boring game I've played in a while. Um, I will say No Man's Sky is so much more fun playing alone, because you have that sense of wonder 
and this is a whole universe I can explore. Sea of Thieves, I think I was actually showing you on the video, I'd sail to the edge of the map, and it's an actual edge of the map. It's not some, you know, you go over the edge of a flat earth or anything. That would have been awesome. Yeah, it just just breaks your ship up and just, just throws you into the water, and it's like, oh... Um, and I had this, I had this idea I was discussing with you. I was like, why haven't they got procedurally generated maps that you have to go on a quest to get the map for to explore? It just seems very. It's a very small map. It is. Um, it is a small map. It's, no, it's... it's a very small map when you actually think about it. Yeah. Uh, it's less content than H one Z one, which has been an alpha forever. Yeah. Um, and it's just really lacking in content. It was fun, fun for a couple of days, but after a while, when you actually play it by yourself, you go, eh. Um, <laughs> I, I couldn't recommend it to anyone who, who likes to play solo, because you will be very disappointed by it. Yeah, I mean, I, I know people that put in 10, 15 hours solo. I did, I mean, and you've played solo, and it's it's work. It's not a game it's it's work you know um it's not enjoyable half the fun of that game is getting together with your friends and doing stupid stuff and i I feel like that's half of most games nowadays that you want to get together with your friends have a Mm -hmm. memorable experience and laugh and then at the end of the night you just turn it off and say hey that was fun but with sea of thieves i don't find myself doing that at all um unless i'm playing with you and even that like we've had some great times but without another person you're literally just sailing the seas do it's a lonely game and i don't know if that's a credit to the game that is so sparse that you really do feel like you are the only one playing as a pirate and then oh gosh there's another ship they're coming to attack me what am i going to do oh die like it's there needs to be more um i said yeah. it before and i'll say it again I knew when I bought Far Cry 5 that there were plans for the future of this game. They have a season pass with three DLCs, and I know if I'm going to get that season pass, which I will, by the way, because it was that good, that I will get these three things, and that they are supporting this. With Sea of Thieves, I know literally nothing. I know that the developer of this game have not stated yet what their their plans for the future are. Um, So that gives me great worry, and I've kind of given up already, because they are worse on communications than Hello Games. That that's a bold statement considering Hello Games is a studio of ten, and this is rare, backed by Microsoft. So, yes. yeah, um, I think a with the actual people we've encountered, um, and the fact you can't really flag whether you're friendly or not, and even then it doesn't really matter. Uh, a more accurate title would be Sea of Assholes. Wow. <laughs> um, well. It, it, you know, and it's a debate. You said it last week. Would it be better to have PvP and PvE servers, you know? Um, this is a game about being a jerk, okay? This is a game about you're a pirate. Your job is to steal loot and do not-so-nice things. So uh, I think they nailed it on that end. The problem is it's just not diverse enough to continue that for 60, 70 hours. Do you know what I think would work better? Is, yeah. um This is for people who've played the Monster Hunter games is if you could post missions that people could then jump up and join, like, say, oh, we're sailing a ship to here to get this, we need a crew of X, and people sign up and join. Um, I I think that would be good. Yeah, but it's it's just weird how they've done this game. It's good. I'm not knocking the game, uh, but its longevity is very, very short lifespan. Well, let's just talk uh, briefly um, about Pirate Legends. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a gentleman. I forget his name. Psycho Six. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that guy. He he uh, very quickly got to the status of pirate legend um, with the help of his community on Twitch. Um, they basically his community did all the work for him, as far as I understand it, and he reached the highest level of the game. Rare then like, through a party or whatever, and they said, well, he's the first one. The community found out that people were helping him, and he didn't do it uh, honestly, and were not very happy. The following days, um, a gentleman did it by himself, uh, the correct quote-unquote way, and um, he gets nothing. Rare's like, nope, it's already been done, sorry. So, um, the community split. The community split uh, about a lot of things, but that was not a good scene <laughs> watching the subreddit of the sea of thieves people were saying not my pirate legend they were really really not happy about this so what do you think about all this is it just silly stupid news or um um i i, I think uh, rare were celebrating the wrong person because no, yeah you know the first person to run 100 meters on steroids and they win a gold medal that's Ex- like going give him the medal anyway Ex- exactly Exactly. Um, <laughs> you nailed it. It's you're celebrating the wrong guy. You know. Yeah, um, you, you really are. Um, and it's it's things like that that's gonna put they'll put people off actually playing uh, your game because they're saying, "Oh, what's the point?" Uh, and then you know, you actually have the developers celebrating that. And I mean, I know why they did it. It's because it's publicity. That's why. Oh, of course, of course, of course. You know, they don't care uh, that he did it through uh, nefarious means, but he did it. So, um, uh, I don't know, man. It's 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 sad. I have three other games that came out around the same time, and, like, I haven't thought about this. I was so psyched. You know how psyched I was since September mm-hmm. last year. And it's already done. I'm already done with it. It's like, okay. Um, so, so, moving forward with this, what do you think the correct course of action is with this game? Is it to announce some, something new? Is it to fix the old? What do you think would get players interested? Uh, I think you need to be... Uh, you need to apply the Destiny model to this. Why? Because that's going so well right now. Explain. No, but I, yeah, I think you need to be telling people about weekly raids. You need to be pumping out a lot of new content uh, just to keep people interested. Uh, you know, Destiny, for all its all its criticisms, uh, I've, put in, I've put in a lot of hours on the first Destiny with yourself. Uh, and you know we we did play through a lot of the um, challenges over and over and over because it was fun just to hang out. Whereas with this, I don't want to have to sail somewhere for thirty minutes to then play the same thing I've done before. Uh, I don't want to have to actually play. This is a literal fetch quest to do. Uh, you know, there's there's no narrative of me going to get a chicken off an island. Well, that's the thing. Once. There's no narrative. Yeah, yeah you there's don't no want great. Um, and I know you can spin your own narrative, but you are confined by the um, very simple quests they've chucked into the game. Where, where's the quest like, you know, go and find the legendary ship, the Black Pearl, which has been sighted here, and bring me back the, you know, bicorn hat of the captain and things like that. Uh, you've got a raid, which there's one on a map. Uh, you got the Kraken, which uh, you don't even get an achievement for. Huh. Uh, and you've got to go in and digging up chests. It's 
it's mindless. It's, it's 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 mindless. And you know yeah. what? Yeah, maybe there is a place for it. Just like uh, No Man's Sky is mi- uh, is mindless. You know, and maybe yeah. this is just a vegetable game where you come home from work, you're tired, and you can just sit, sail the seas, look at a pretty picture, and do a couple fetch quests and call it a night. Um, maybe that's what they wanted. I I I don't think that's what they wanted. Um, but that's what it turned out to be for me at least. Like I will definitely play it again. There's n- there's no chance that i won't but it's going to be after a long day of work i'm going to throw it mm-hmm. on i'm just going to sail the seas and the second i start getting into trouble and it, it starts becoming unfun i'll turn it off you yeah, know um, it, same with no man's sky it's just there is it a, a masterwork no is it good it depends but you get out of it what you put into it and that's not a game that has a lot to give back mm. so I don't know. Yeah, it's, I think it's um, <laughs> if I think if No Man's Sky had launched with multiplayer, uh, that would be, that would have won probably Game of the Year. Yeah, I, I think if they just released what they said they would. Um, here's the thing: uh, Rare did not lie to us, as far as I can tell. No. They just didn't give us enough of what we wanted. Which you know, is that whose fault is that? Not is that ours? Works. Is that theirs? Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's 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 sad. It's just really, really sad. Uh, I'm gonna continue to play it. Hopefully, uh, they will continue to support it because Microsoft said this is the biggest. You know, this was to kick off that whole stupid Game Pass thing that, uh, which I, I I'm I'm so opposed to. Um, and that's just me on my high horse because it's like I paid sixty five dollars for this pile of garbage, and here you are, Glenn, having the same experience with me for essentially free. And <laughs> yeah, I found, know, very, I found that very quickly. I didn't want that. <laughs> yeah, and that really bothers me as someone that like likes to own games. Um, I'm cool with, you know, actually I'm not with PlayStation Plus. Like, I want to own the game. I have a physical copy of this game. I like it on my shelf. I want to I be able to grab it in 10 years and play it. But knowing that half of the damn base of players is playing this for free after I pay that, it's like, mm-hmm. that makes me feel even worse for supporting your game. Like, really? So, was that a good move? Like for you, obviously, but like I get upset uh, and I say, you know what? In the future, screw you. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, out of all, I mean, I've I've tried out every monthly package you can get, and out yep. of all of them, I've used. I've got to say, the humble bundle monthly is the best value for money. You're getting a lot of use out of that. You're yeah, you get. You, know, you, you get to keep your games no matter what. You're getting AAA games that might be a couple of months old. Uh, but you are getting really good games for basically $12. Well, what I find interesting is that once IGN took over, people were losing their minds saying, oh man, no, it's going to go downhill, and it's now been the best it's ever been. So, props to IGN, I guess. Mm. Pe- people did not believe that they could do a good job, and they are do- hitting it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, the you games. know... You got Mafia Three, Deus Ex, and God Eater Two this month, which are all very good games. Yep. Uh, and you've got them for the price of, I mean, I think total price that would cost you about eighty dollars to buy all those on Steam. Absolutely. And they're just, you know, so you are getting a good deal. Um, and that's what I like is you get to keep the game. You don't, I don't have to keep giving them ten dollars a month to keep be able to play these games. Yeah, that, that I like that. That makes me almost want to subscribe to it. But the problem is, I have all these freaking games already. But yeah, um, I don't know. The whole monthly service we've debated it before. There's no point going into it. But um, it bothers me. It's like, why am I paying you then? 
Like, how are you making? What is yeah. my incentive to give you sixty-five dollars when someone else is just playing it for free? I know I'm the idiot here. Like, don't get me wrong. I think you did the absolute right thing, but when you have your hopes up for something for such a long time, and you know that goes, it's just frustrating to see. And that goes with the mantra of never pre-order a game. That goes with just wait, just wait, see what happens. And like, if I had the patience, which I don't, I have the patience of a walnut. I would have waited. I would have seen. I would have done what you did, and then I would have been sixty-five dollars richer. So that's it's, my. It's fault. always it's always upsetting. Um, it's like uh, P- PS Plus. Um, PS Plus is uh, you know you get these. I, I don't think it's worth the money, PS Plus. None of it uh, is. Yeah, no. Xbox and that. Uh, in this day and age, why am I paying you $60 to use your service? Like, are you serious? This isn't 2002 where it's something new. It's like, you're just trying to make money off of us. You already do, okay? We already bought your freaking console. Do you really need to just rob us every year? I mean, what are you making better with that money? You're giving us these 10-year-old games. Yeah, you're selling my information and, like, losing my password, and I'm giving you money for that? Are you nuts? I I am done with monthly subscriptions to game services where you you just get a a tick box saying you own the game. You don't actually get to keep it. Yeah, well, that's frustrating. Oh, it's in your library. No, it's not in my library. It's in your library. I have to sign up for your garbage library so I can use it and have it, you know? So. Yeah, and it's just it's so frustrating. Like a game like a uh, Monster Hunter World. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not subscribing to PS Plus at the moment, but uh, my kid wanted to play it, and I had to get a PS Plus trial because you can't play the game without PS Plus. It's like, what if I just want to play this by myself online? Nope. Yeah, those good, those days are over, buddy. Those yeah, days so are over. I, I am finding I am steering away a lot from consoles at the moment. Well, you go back and forth, and it's, it's it's always interesting to see from my end, like the reasoning, and like you're never not wrong, like you're never wrong. So, it's it's just interesting to see, and uh, yeah, I've been doing all my my gaming on PC lately. Uh, mm-hmm. All my friends are. Uh, that's not true. We have late night sessions, which I've really been enjoying. We've been playing Rainbow Six uh, Vegas 2, which is just a fantastic game. We've been playing that basically every night, my friends and I. And um, I'm grateful to be able to do that, but why should I be paying 60 bucks a year for that? Like, come on. Really? Yeah, I mean, I mean, You're not giving imagine... us anything. We're getting... Yeah, we're giving you free games. Yeah, games from like 10 years ago that were trash. Okay, yes, I'm entitled about this, but it's like we've given enough money. We've all given enough money for... a. Uh, uh, a system and um, a product that continually fails, that yeah. is hacked repeatedly, that my information and credit card is not safe with. Like, what? And I'm supposed to feel good about giving this to you? Eh, bugger off, as you would say. <laughs> yeah, like, um, you know, if Steam turned around and said, right, okay, from next month, you want to play online, it's $10, but we give you these games, right? Give you, not you rent them and on a long term basis, we actually put them in your library. And if you cancel, you get to keep them. Would you be happy with that? No. Absolutely not. Leave me alone. That's my motto. You know me now at this point in the podcast, everybody. I'm a, I'm a, mer- I'm a consumer, okay? No, yeah. I don't want your garbage games. I want to pay for what I'd like. I don't want Crusader Kings 2 for free, which I just finished downloading. I don't care. That's nice that you did it. But don't m- make me start paying you just to have this okay this isn't cable tv this isn't an essential i don't need this glenn 
I don't need this. And the second you start charging me for something I don't essentially need, I'm done with you. I'll go read a book, you know? So, no, if Steam ever did that, I have, let's see, right? As of this moment, I have 506 games in Steam, okay? If they said you cannot access that unless you pay $20 a month, I would never use Steam again. I don't think Steam are ever going to do that. Uh, I don't care. Like, I, even if they did, I would not do that. I would say, you know what? I've had Steam for 11 years. It's been fantastic. But I think this is absolute garbage. Absolute trash. That, or I just suck it up and uh, cancel PS Plus and cancel um, Microsoft and just stay on Steam. Like, I, mm-hmm. it's too much. It, my problem is it's just how much money can these guys all rob me for for a year? You know? Yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's what it's becoming. It's becoming a, a monopoly on how much can you fleece out of gamers afterwards. Yeah, yeah and I'm done with it. I mean, I'm done. I, I let my uh, all these subscriptions expire at the end of the year. And then I sit and I have the same debate. Okay. And I go about four months without renewing them until someone says, hey, I really want to play this. And I go, damn it, so do I. And then you got yeah. a, a game that will cost you 60 bucks now costs you $125 because you have to re-subscribe uh, to PlayStation or whatever it is. I mean, I don't do what normal people do, which is, oh, just get three months. It's like, no, I'm just going to do it the year. It's $60, but uh, I don't know. I just like to complain about this because they make it so easy. You know, this yeah. is such an easy debate. Like, oh, I remember, do you remember the, the beginning of online? We did a whole podcast on it. Like, we didn't have to pay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't have to pay when it was just starting. Like, it, it, yeah, you did for your internet line, but like there was an additional uh, money involved with Game Shark or whatever Xbox had. It was like, no, you just plug it in and talk to your friends. So, all right, grump, grumpy old man mode is over. What else do you got, Mr. Glenn? Uh, so, I went to see the new Tomb Raider film. How was it? Uh, it was actually very, very, very good. I, I was thoroughly entertained for two hours. I mean, it does um, take a lot from the reboot of Tomb Raider, um, but certainly for video game adaptations, and I've watched a lot of them, it's probably high up there as one of the very good ones. I mean, um, the, the performances are great. The tone's great. Uh, they kind of cut down on the supernatural elements that the, the game it's based on had, but... Yeah, very entertaining two hours of my life. I, I wasn't um, watching the clock or anything. I was I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it captures Tomb Raider. Does a really good job of fleshing out Lara. I mean, it's great. Okay. I, I'd put it um, put it next to Wonder Woman for that kind of level of yeah. This is this is the character, and we're going to present a very good, accurate portrayal of her. Um, there's no, there's no real smart-assness to it, you know. The Angelina Jolie one yep. was kind of like trying to be that. She would just come across as a bit of a dick. Um, yep. But no, this is a very vulnerable Lara who's learning her place in the world and um, learning to survive. And it is a story about survival. And yeah, I, I would recommend a watch of it. And hopefully, I really hope it does actually spin into a franchise because they did a really good job. Well. I, I I loved listening to it. Unfortunately for you, Glenn, I don't think it will be. Of, it's currently sitting at a six on IMDb, a forty-eight on Metacritic, and a forty-nine yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. But I, I, that I doesn't really mean a thing. Yeah, yeah, I know I you don't. I know you don't. But honestly, Glenn, before you said that, uh, 
I had no clue there was no, a new Tomb Raider movie. Yeah, I had no it. clue that was even out. <laughs> they did a terrible, terrible job of marketing it. No um, idea. And I think the receipts uh, in the rest of the world compared to the States does actually reflect that because I think most of its box office has come from overseas. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's made $274 million. Yeah, uh, about 80 million of that's the States. Wow. Well, so, yeah, no one know, knows. Wait, no, know that's, the... that's from the initial one. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's no, it's, it is actually about the amount it's made. It's about two hundred and seventy million. Oh, wow. um, but who? Uh, and is Tomb Raider a more international brand no, than stateside? It has made fifty-two million, Glenn, as of this moment. What is that in states? That's well, I don't know. I got it off of a site. A uh, foreign. Yeah, yeah for what? a foreign. What's it got? Like? No, it's telling you the te- total lifetime of the series. It doesn't tell you. Oh, okay, yeah, side, it, so. it's, it's it's enough to. I mean, they they did it on a, a ninety million budget, and it's, it's made triple that back. So, yeah, I imagine, they did. Yeah, well, I imagine we'll probably see another one at some well, point. It, I don't know. Maybe I'm misreading this, but it, essentially, it says production budget was ninety four million, and as of yep. today, it's fifty two million. So, they got a little bit of a little bit of ways to go, but at least they're on the right direction. But yeah, regardless of all the the, the crap, I mean, um, what did it do better than the previous to- Tomb Raider movie? Oh, it actually, uh, it wasn't, you know, just trying to create cool scenes. Like, I think that's the problem with um, video game adaptations is they don't bother with the script and they go, oh, we'll just give them cut scenes and cool bits. Uh, this is actually, someone's actually written Lara quite well as a character. Because uh, uh, the Tomb Raider games don't really have much of a story as far as I know. I mean, no, no, I think, I mean, I mean. I think what this this film owes a big thanks to is uh, Rihanna Pratchett for writing Lara so well in the reboot game. His daughter, Terry Pratchett. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I mean, she did a fantastic job writing her, and they've definitely taken cues from that and gone, "Wow, oh, you can actually do something with this character rather than her just being someone in a tight top with uh, excessive areas." Yes. Um, well, I, I enjoyed the new game very much. I played a bunch of hours in it. Um, and I thought it was one of the best in the series. So it's just really nice to hear that the movie did well. I will definitely watch it um, because it's nice to see that they took, no offense, uh, they made something out of nothing where, where there being no story. And it's nice to hear that they actually put in the time and, you know, uh, created a good story. To me, it's all about a good story, man. Uh, going back to the original, like, I don't care about it. It needs all three of those components, but if you have a good story, that trumps everything. Like, Mm -hmm. I truly believe the meaning of life is just a good story. Okay? Like, having good, meaningful um, interactions and creating a good story and a good journey. So, absolutely. I think it's great. I think it's great. So, there's some other news, but it's not really anything. And we got Spyro the Dragon. Like, really? Yeah, that's, that's a series that no one cares about. <laughs> no, like people are losing their minds on PS4 right now, saying, "Oh my God, it's the second coming." It's like really, it wasn't that good. It, yeah, it, 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 it was. It was okay, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't an amazing game. Uh, I mean, it's cool. Amazing... I, I guess it's cool that they're remaking these. Like, uh, it, it, we're nerds, you know. Someone had a great time with Spire of the Dragon. Like, honestly, Glenn, if they redid Echo the Dolphin, like, I would lose my mind. And people were like, eh, whatever, it wasn't a great game. I'm like, I put so many hours into that stupid game. Like, so someone is losing their mind with this. But um, 
I don't know. I, to me, that doesn't spark any interest. You know, it's just, what's coming up that that you care about. Um, <laughs> that pause just <laughs> speaks volumes. Uh, I mean, do I, I actually care? I mean, I, I've obviously mentioned Smash Brothers, but again, that's a franchise that's old. Uh, it's something. It's just Red Dead, really. I mean, you've got. Um, Detroit Become Human, Flipping Death, yeah. um, Death Stranding, which I'm not excited about. I'm more intrigued by yeah. uh, the new Spider-Man's coming out, uh, which is, I imagine, going to be like every other Spider-Man game. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely don't care. I don't yeah. know. I, I feel like we've peaked. I might be making a bold prediction here. I feel like we've peaked already in 2018 and it's already been an incredible 2018 at least for in my opinion but i don't see a lot on the horizon glenn i don't think that we have a lot more to look forward to this year in terms of gaming but i do feel like we have a lot more to look forward to in terms of controversies in gaming i think and this is my prediction i know it's we're already in april that this will be one of the most controversial years in gaming in a long time just based on last year i think um with the flip-flopping couple of companies are doing about uh, loot boxes and DLC, I think it's either going to get worse or it'll get better. Well, you know my stance. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think it's going to be an interesting year. I, 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 it's already <coughs> been fantastic. I beat my first game of the year. <laughs> it only took four months, and I did it in the span of four days. Um, it, it's The hits are out there. I'm excited to see what's going on. Um, it's convention season coming up soon. Uh, yes. PAX East is going on as we speak, I believe. So uh, there's, they have a, a game. They showed new gameplay. Something I'm really excited for uh, is State of Decay 2. Yeah, did I was have... just about to mention this. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get to play the first one? Oh, I have played the first one, yeah. I think we might have played it together, too. Yeah, I love that game. That game yeah. is awesome. I'm. I mean, it's, it's out in May. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's what I'm confused about though, because it's. Is this? Am I right in saying this is a Microsoft game? Yes. Um, yeah, no, okay. I, I don't know. It's coming on Microsoft uh, platform on PC and Xbox. So it's another one of these, and that I'll lose my mind if it's on Game Pass. Um, that it sounds like it's on Game Pass. So it's, it, it's, it is on Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so done. I'm so done. Yeah. You'd be so better I... off just getting a, a trial when this comes out. No, because you know what? I Well, you see, here's the trap, Glenn. I'm falling into the trap again. I say, no, Glenn, I really am going to play this game and love this game and get hours out of it. Hence Sea of Thieves. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to do the right thing here, and I'm going to wait. But already you can see from the gameplay that mm -hmm. there's so much, in, way more in-depth than the first game. You can assign leaders. You can do this and that. The game looks awesome. They just released a trailer, which I will send you. It looks fantastic. So, um, But got to wait. Got to wait as much as I want to sink my claws into this. Absolutely. I just don't want to do the stupid Game Pass if I'm going to end up buying it. So you know what's going to happen, Glenn? You are now promoted... To T and Grumbit's minister, you are going to be playing all the games before I play them, and then you are going to tell me if it's worth a buy or if I should just get the Game Pass because I can't. I just can't keep losing money. I, I feel like I'm at a, a, a casino when I'm playing games these days, and I'm Absolutely. always losing. 
And that's what they want. Uh, One more thing before we go. One more thing before we go. Another game I must mention that I'm kind of interested in is uh, Conan Exiles. What? You know Conan? Yeah, the Barbarian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A new game's coming out that looks very Skyrim-ish. I'm taking a look right now. Yeah, I mean, look it up. It it, it looks like it could be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm quite quite a, a big fan of the whole Conan world, so... I'm not um, Assassin's Creed. I mean, yeah. uh, to an extent. Yeah, that's coming. That's coming out soon. So. Uh, oh, May eighth. Yeah. yeah, that cool. that could be interesting. Uh, that could be very interesting, but we'll probably cover that more when it comes out. So I imagine that we'll probably put some hours into that if we decide to get it. Cool. Yeah. No. Uh, I'll definitely give I, it a shot. I think that's me done actually for the for this week. Wow. I think that was a good one. Uh, a nice conversation. But you guys be the judges of that. Hit us up on Twitter, please. We've been doing yes. this a while now. You guys got to say something. Even, you know, our Russian contingent, please. Uh, you know, corrupt our influence over here. Say something. Tell us anything. So hit us up. What's the Twitter, Glenn? Uh, it's at T Grumpit's Pod. Wow. That, that was brilliant. Okay, so do that. Hit us up because uh, we definitely want to hear from you all. But for this week, it's uh, been a pleasure. Uh, I'm Mike. And I am Glenn, and I would just like to say, uh, before we go, um, that yes, if you have any suggestions uh, on content you would like us to discuss, or maybe you'd like to be part of the suggestion and have a shout-out, please do drop us a line on Twitter. Uh, We are always happy to correspond with our listeners, especially those in Russia, who would I would just like to say, Proskietu. Good night. Wow. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.